You're listening to the Elevate Main Podcast. To learn more about Elevate, visit our website at www.elevate.org.ph. We hope you enjoy today's talk. How are you all? I didn't realize how many young people. Can I see the hands of everyone who considers themselves youth? Raise your hands. Wow. So that means I can't talk an hour and 30 minutes? <laughs> well... Uh, today we're continuing uh, the Changemaker series, and they actually asked me months ago if I could speak on May 14 and what topic I wanted, and I prayed about it, and I, I said I want to talk about Ruth and Naomi, because mothers are changemakers, aren't they? Is your mom a changemaker? Yes. Can you give a round of applause for your mom? So I was trying to think of an example that'll be more youth-like. Do any of the youth here still game, or are we super holy already? Any gamers still? No more? Okay, good. I like the youth. There's only a few of us left. So I don't game that much. Uh, I play with maybe my kids sometimes. But there's a concept in gaming. Have you guys heard of a carry? You guys know what a carry is? For those of you who don't game, in some of these games, you play against other people, right? And you need someone who is really good sometimes because you're not doing that good. And that person is called a carry. In basketball, when Steph Curry's on fire, he's like a carry, right? Steph Curry, <laughs> But today he didn't carry, unfortunately. So uh, LA, yay, just kidding, no, no. <laughs> but the reason I talk about carry is in life. You know, our mothers, they act like Carrie's, right? They do so much. Today, we're going to talk about how you can be a Carrie, or using our series, you can be a change maker. And the message is very simple. It's be a change maker, uh, be selfless. Can, can we see the slides? It's there. It's behind me. This is a little confusing. It's like a movie star stage. I'm going to hide back here. Oh, wait. No, I'm supposed to stay here. Okay. <laughs> Where my stuff is. Confusing and it's sideways. Oh, it's just too modern. All right, be a change maker, be selfless. So, mothers are, are like change makers. And today we'll look at two mothers and a man. And if you look at the next slide, it's can I see the next slide? It is um, the, perse the perseverance of Naomi, the sacrifice of Ruth, and the grace of Boaz. So let us all bow our heads as we jump into this, this book. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, thank you for this service. Thank you for all the, the young people, the mothers that are here. And thank you for the privilege we have of being your children. And so, Lord, I pray that as I um, speak, it'll not be me, but you, and that you would move uh, in everyone's heart, both the young, the not-so-young, and the on their way to heaven. So thank you, Lord, so much for this time that we can be together, and I pray that we will learn how to be a change maker by being selfless. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. So if you look at the story, we'll begin with Ruth 1, and I'm going to tell you some story and then read a lot of verses also. Now, um, I'm going to get used to this. In the future, it'd be nice if my, my slides are up there so I know where we are, but if you look at Ruth chapter 1... We begin with um, Bethlehem in Judah with Elimelech and Naomi. So Naomi and Elimelech are in Bethlehem, and there is a famine. 
Uh, do you guys know what famine is? Yes? In Tagalog? Pamin. No. <laughs> Sorry. Um, in Tagalog, it's gu gugutom. Tagutom. There is tagutom. That does not sound good. But there is a famine in the land. And so they decide to go to somewhere called Moab. Can we, can we look at, yeah, so they go to Moab. And do you know how far Moab is? Okay, it's not that far. So when I first Googled Moab and Bethlehem, Google said it's 7,000 miles. That's because it's trying to get from Bethlehem in Israel to Moab in Indiana, United States. So they did not go to Indiana in the U.S. They would never make it. It would take them their entire life. Instead, can we see the next slide? They went to Moab in, uh, near Egypt. So from Bethlehem to Moab is about 50 miles. Nowadays, if you walked 50 miles, how long would it take you? Any ideas? Three days? Some of you, one day, right? The young ones here, right? Two weeks. Someone said two weeks. <laughs> Walk a little a day. Uh, it took them about seven days, I think, because it's, it's uh, treacherous terrain. So they went to Moab, and they went there because they were looking for food, right? Or they're, they're fi trying to find a better life. Was that a right choice? We'll see. What happened in Moab? If you look at the next slide, in Moab, they, the father died. So Elimelech passed away. And then, so if you, if you press next, Elimelech, oh, okay, my animation's gone. Okay, go back. <laughs> so Elimelech, go back, please, one slide, reverse. Okay. Can we go back one slide? We are unable to, okay, nope. We are, we're working on the technology. So go back, next slide, go forward. There. Elimelech dies, and then the children marry. So Chilion and Malon are the sons of Naomi, Naomi and Elimelech. And they marry two Moabite women, Ruth and Orpah. And then what happens? In my animation, which isn't showing here, the, the sons also die. So who is left? is Naomi and Orpha and Ruth. That is all that's left. And Naomi tells them uh, to, to go home. And only Orpha goes home. Because Naomi says, I'm going to go back to Israel because there's food. So that's the story so far. So let's go to the next verse and we'll be okay now. And the and animations are done. So this is Ruth 1, 6 to 7. So what's the story? You have a mother who has two children, and what are her children? They're gone. And her husband, where's her husband? He's gone. So all that's left is her two daughters-in-law. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the land of Moab. For she heard in the land of Moab that the Lord had visited his people in giving them food. So she departed from the place where she was with her two daughters-in-law, and they went on to return to the land of Moab. So they're going to Moab. Walana, right? Nothing left. They're going from Moab back to Bethlehem. And Naomi said, Go, return to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead in me. So they, they have a good relationship, right? You can see the mother and her daughters. But she says, Go home because I have nothing left to give you. If you look at the next verse, 
in verse 9, it says, May the Lord grant that you might find rest, each of you in the house of your husband or the, her husband. Then she kissed them, and they left, lifted up their voices and wept, and they said to her, No, but we will surely return to you. So it's, you know, will you go home? And they said, No, I mean we will stay with you. But then she said, Return. Why should you stay with me? Do I have any sons? So in, in, the, in, the, in their, that time, you know, you had to find a husband if you were a woman because it's a patriarchal society. She said, I have no more sons that you might find a husband. And then in the biblical times, if you are a widow, and I have a slide here, it's super difficult if you're a widow. You don't have enough means to, to make money, to have food. And then your best hope for security would be your children. But in her case, what happened to her sons? Walana also. So Naomi lost her husband and her children, so she is a great tragedy. Have you guys uh, been in a season of your life? I know when you're young, there's not so many tragedies, but as you get older, there are, right? More and more tragedies. Last night, I was at a, a wake, and I had to uh, do a wake service. It was for an, a nine-year-old girl that I had been praying for more than a whole year. And her mom was there, and her, her dad, and her sister. It was so painful. But, you know, life is full of tragedies. And, uh, you know, I don't want to discourage you guys. The ending last night was so beautiful because the girl was a follower of Jesus, and she was encouraging her family even as she was um, being taken by cancer. So what can we learn from what's going on so far. So Naomi, who has had a tragedy, what did she do? She's telling her daughters, go. And if you look at verse 13, she says, would you wait until, if I have children? She says, I can't even have children again because no one's going to marry me because I'm older. But if I did, would you wait for them? She's like, no, for it is harder for me than for you. The hand of the Lord has what? Gone forth against me. I pray none of us feel this, but the truth is some of us feel this way. When life gets difficult, sometimes we ask, God, where are you? And it feels like, you know, you hear all these stories, right? You, you hear testimonies. I prayed and God did this. I prayed and God did this. But in her case, I'm sure she prayed and what happened? She lost her husband. She lost her sons. So what did she say? God is against who? God is against me. Is this true? Well, we know that, that God is for us, but it can feel sometimes like God is not there. So what did she do? She told her children, go home. Why did she do this? I think because she was thinking of their interests. If you look at the next verse, in verse um, 14, I have a lot of verses, but I go fast. She says, and they lifted up their voices and wept, and Orpha kissed her, and then she left, but Ruth clung to her. But look what she said, and this shows you her heart a little, right? She said, your sister has gone back to her people and her what? Her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. So this is something important, because if we're not careful, we will just think Naomi is perfect. She has, she's a good mother, but then, if you read this verse, you realize there's something also that Naomi can improve on, right? She's telling her daughters-in-law, leave me, kasi I'm malas, and what? 
Go find another husband with your own people and your own gods. And if you are a follower of the one true God, you know the first command, right? Shall have no other God before me. So something is going on in Naomi's heart that isn't correct. And uh, I'll, I'll share the point in a bit, but I think she's thinking of what is the best thing to do with what's happening in her life. But what is convenient for her children? And I love these girls, and the best thing for them is what do they need? They need a husband. They need money. So sometimes we are tempted to, to be a little more like Naomi, right? A little shortcut maybe because of what's happening. God will understand, and, and that's what's going on, I think, here. Because at first, the first time I read it, I, I struggled with what she was telling them. And if we go on, uh, verse, the next verse... I will not share with you what Ruth did, because I will save that for the next part. So they went and came to Bethlehem, and the city was stirred, and they said, is this Naomi? And what did she say? Do not call me Naomi, call me what? Mara, for the Lord has dealt bitterly. What is Mara? If you look at the next verse, 21, I went out full, but the Lord brought me back empty, which is hungry, right? Empty, nothing. Why do you call me Naomi, since the Lord has witnessed against me and the Almighty has afflicted me? So do you see what's happening in Naomi's Naomi's life? It's a hard time. Have you ever felt like you're going through a hard time, right? Where things happened in your life uh, that are difficult. So Naomi means my delight and Mara means bitterness. So I'm going to summarize Naomi's life in, in the next slide. First... Why do I say she persevered? Despite all that happened to her, she still believed in God and returned to Him. So she's going back to her God, to Israel. However, she acted in human interests for her daughters-in-law. So not perfect, right? And then the third, but God still used her to attract Ruth to Him. So in your life, you know, are you going through a hard time? My encouragement, persevere. Selflessness perseveres, and we'll see more as we go to the next part, but keep going. It's hard, right? It's hard to keep going. Tough things happen. Um, I was trying to think of an illustration since, since uh, the other young people. The other day I was biking, and uh, I was biking really fast beside a car. Uh, no, a, a service van. What's the, the company? Oh, it's Lala Move. It's Lala Move. And I got beside the car, and the guy rolled down his window, and he made dura. He didn't know I was beside him. Have you ever done that? So he rolled down his window, and he didn't even look. He just went, and then the went into my face. And I'm biking. I was like, no, I'm going to get COVID or something. Who who knows what I'm going to get, right? So did I keep going, though? Well, I can't stop biking. So I kept going. But I went up beside the guy, looked at him, and he looked at me and went, ay, and then he said, sorry, and he rolled up his window, and they drove really fast. So uh, it's a silly illustration, but I thought I'd, I'd just share it, because sometimes in life, even when difficult things happen, right, you can't stop. I can't stop. I'm biking. There's motorcycles behind me. I like to bike in the streets. So the first point, persevere. Second, uh, can we go to the next one? The sacrifice of Ruth. Let's look at Ruth. And what did she do? Ruth... If you look at the next verses, verse 16, 
We have lots of verses, but Ruth said, do not urge me to leave you. No. What did she say? For where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people will be my people. And your God, my God. Isn't that beautiful? She didn't just say that, right? So, so what did Ruth, the, the first part, this is after Noemi said, leave us. Leave me. Orpha went already. What did she say? I will not go. Do not make me leave. And then, where you die, I will what? I will die. And there I will be buried. Thus may the Lord, and the word she used her is what? May Yahweh, God's special name. May the Lord do to me and worse, if anything but death parts. This is a dangerous cliff. Parts you and me. It's okay, I don't need this. We just leave that. So Ruth committed to her mother. I will stay with you no matter what. Why is this important? What is Ruth? Ruth is a Moabite. Do you know what the Moabites did? In the Bible times, Moab was the result of Lot and his daughter who did what she shouldn't do with her dad. That's, that's the start of the Moabites, incestuous relationship. And then later on, someone from Moab wanted to curse the Israelites. And there's a verse that says, a Moabite cannot stand in the assembly of God, of God's people. So for Ruth to say to her mom, I will go with you, she's saying, I don't mind being an outcast. I will stick with you. So you see Ruth's sacrificial, selfless love for her mother-in-law. And I believe it's because of the life of Naomi Ruth learned something about God. And even though Naomi was not perfect, Ruth realized, I want to follow your God. So you don't have to be perfect to influence someone. And God will use any circumstance as you serve him. If we go to the next verse, when she went back, so now we're, we're in Ruth 2. So now they are back in Bethlehem. Now, Ruth says, let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after one whose sight I may find favor. And she said, go to my daughter. So Ruth asked her mother-in-law, can I go to glean? Do you guys know what gleaning is? Uh, before we look at that, it's very important, verse 3. It says, she came upon the field of Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. This is really special. So do you realize God is never mentioned explicitly in all of Ruth? Even though God's name is mentioned, they talk about may the Lord, may the Lord, or God, but God, it never says God did this or God did that. But you see God working. So what happened? She came upon the field of Boaz. And this is a special point. It just, we leave it there. We look at the next slide. What is gleaning in the Bible times when you had... Uh, harvest, you were supposed to leave some of it behind. For the poor, and you see it in verse uh, Leviticus, it says there, when you reap, you shall not reap to the corners of your field. Do you know what this means? Like, it's like when you're eating and there's people in your house that want food 
and you eat all the ramen, and there's no ramen left in the plate. Do you ever have that? My kids are always fighting because everyone wants the ramen. It's so unhealthy. There's nothing more unhealthy, than, not, not the Japanese ramen. We're talking about the, um, the instant, lucky me. My kids love lucky me, and I keep feeding it to them. Yes, I am not a good father. <laughs> they always ask, Daddy, can we have uh, ramen? Their version of ramen is lucky me. And uh, can I tell you, they always fight over the ramen. Someone gets one, the other one will say, she got a whole scoop. I said, there's still another scoop for you. And then at the end, there's nothing left for Daddy. I have never heard my kids said, oh, Daddy has no ramen. What is my point? They are not like this. In the Bible time, you're supposed to leave food for the poor, the poor daddy who doesn't have food. So you're supposed to leave food for the stranger in the land, right? He says, for I am the Lord your God. That's, that's a practice they do. I know I realize when you wear these beautiful sweaters, they said to advertise it, it is super warm. I am sweating up here. <laughs> And so this is a great sweater for Baguio, not a good sweater for Manila, but don't worry, I'm still advertising it. I don't know what's going to happen. I may be dripping sweat later. Um, it's really hot because I wore a long sleeve. Anyway, I'm in trouble, guys. I can't take my clothes off in front, but uh, I might have to later. Um, sorry, I'm distracted by the heat because the lights and everything. So... Let's look at Boaz in the next slide. So she, she goes, no, before that, she goes to, to, to glean, right? And then what happens? Now Boaz, look at this guy. He came from Bethlehem. What's the first thing he says? What does he say to his people? May the Lord be with you. Ang bait naman ni Boaz, right? He's talking to his workers. He's not saying, hello, I'm the king, I'm here. So he says, may the Lord be with you. And look at his people. They like him. They say, May the Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his servants who was in charge, who is this young woman? So Boaz noticed who? Ruth. So you can see already God is working. And the servant in charge of the reaper said, she is the young Moabite who returned with, from, with Naomi from Moab. So people know about her. And then she said, and she said to the workers, please let me glean. <laughs> I have a fan. <laughs> Thank you for the fan. <laughs> oh, kayo, my fan, kayo. <laughs> and she said, please let me glean. I think they felt bad for me because I'm really sweating. Please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she said, you know, she asked them. And she came and has remained. Look how long she was there, guys. From when? From morning until now. And she has been sitting in the house for a little while. So she's resting. What did Boaz say to Ruth? Listen, my daughter. So he calls her my daughter. This is important because sometimes we think, oh, Boaz is being nice because there's a, there's a girl. You know, Boaz had no intentions. Boaz, later on, you'll see, he thought he was too old for, for Ruth. So he just said, listen, my daughter. So it's very protective. Do not glean in another field. Don't go anywhere else. Do not go from this one, but stay with what? Stay with my maids. What is he saying to Ruth? You will, you will be treated like one of my, the ladies that go with my harvesters. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm not crying. I'm, uh, I'm happy. I'm very happy. I feel loved. <clears throat> Thank you for being selfless. So Ruth 2, 7 and 12. And he says what? Let your eyes be on the field which they reap. So follow my ladies. Go after them. Indeed, I have commanded my servants not to touch you. Now this is important. This is what I was saying. For Ruth to go gleaning, there was some risk for her because she is not an Israelite. <coughs> she is a Moabite. So Boaz told his workers, you don't touch this girl. So I want you to understand, it wasn't like Ruth was, oh, this is easy, I'm going to go gleaning, people leave stuff on the field. She was worried about her safety. She was worried about what might happen to her. Uh, you know, it's hard work. But Boaz saw her, and Boaz had compassion for her. So remember, Ruth is sacrificial, the sacrifice of Ruth, and the, the grace of Boaz. Those two points, I'm going to hit them both as we go. So Boaz is saying, when you are thirsty, drink from, from where my servants. And Boaz is not trying to, what's the word here? Make, uh, when you like a girl, what's the word? Court, yes. In Tagalog? Legal. It's not legal. Boaz was just being kind. And he, wasn't, he, didn't think he'd get, he didn't think anything would ever happen. So sometimes, guys, being gracious, you know, my kids, they fight a lot. And the challenge is this. My, my daughter always says, I'm kind. I gave my sister something. I said, but then why are you not kind right now? And, you know, it's very easy to be kind to your best friends. It's very easy to be gracious to people you like or people you need something from. In fact, sometimes you look at someone, you don't know where they're from, and then you find out they're mayaman or they're, they're popular, and suddenly you want to be nice to them. Be nice to everyone. Boaz was nice to who? A Moabite. In Boaz's mind, he will never talk to her again. He's just being kind to the poor and the foreigner. So be that kind of gracious. When you meet poor people, are you kind to them? Do you, do you go out of your way to show them honor and respect because they are God's creation, right? Are you only kind to people that you like, you can get something from? It's very hard. So I always tell my children, be kind to family. It's easy to develop contempt for those who you know very well. This is an adventure, and I'm trying to understand what happened to my tissues. I love my tissues, but I think it's not beautiful because there's a camera and whatever. So <clears throat> I hope you bring me some nicer tissues later. <laughs> then she fell on her face and said, why have I found favor? You see, Ruth said, you know, why did you notice me? I'm a foreigner. And what did, what did Boaz say? Guys, if someone says this about you, this would be great, right? All you have done for your mother-in-law after the death of your husband has been reported to me. So people are making chismis about that nice Moabite woman who is a foreigner but is so kind and sacrificial. And how you left your father, mother, and the land of your birth and came to a people you did not know. May the Lord reward your work. Look at Boaz. Look at his character. He's not even saying, 
you know, I will take care of you. He's saying, may God, he's blessing her. May Yahweh reward your work and your wages be full from the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to seek refuge. So why did Ruth go to Israel? On the one hand, we think to love her mother-in-law, and that is true, to be loyal, to sacrifice. But there's another reason. She came because she really wanted to be under the wings of the Lord Almighty. So part of Ruth's life, her sacrifice, is surrendering everything she was for the God she knew to be true. Do we do that in our own lives? At mealtime, Boaz said to her, come here that you might eat. So I'm going to go a little faster uh, in the interest of time. But Boaz said, there is, oh, there, yes, I have 17 minutes. Thank you. And thank you for the slides up there. That helps me a lot. So at mealtime, Boaz said, come eat. And then he gave her food. And then, when she then she rose to glean and Boaz told his servants, let her glean anywhere, even among the sheaves. Do not insult her. Why is this important? You know, she doesn't know all the rules, right? So he said, even if she makes mistakes, just let her. So he's telling his people, just let her do what she needs. Let her get what she wants. Boaz is very generous. He doesn't mind if she gets more. Some of us, right, when we give, we, we say, we'll only give this much. But he's saying, I'll give to this girl whatever she needs, whatever she can carry when she goes home. So if you look at verse 16, he told them, also... Put out extra. Don't let her know. But do it in a way. So do you see his, his character? He's finding a way for her to get more without, without making it seem like he's pitying her. So he, he said, you know, just leave extra. So what did she do? Look at verse 17. She gleaned in the field when? From morning till evening. That's hard work. Young people. Nowadays, we want to find jobs that are what? Special. I want a job that is meaningful. I want a job that I, that I feel rewarded. What kind of job was she doing? Was it meaningful? On the one hand, it wasn't because she's just picking up leftovers. But was it meaningful? Yes. Why? She's working for someone she loves. So please, let us remember, and I share this with all of us, some of us, we have jobs that are not fun. <coughs> and you look at all these TikTokers and um, what else? Uh, Instagrammers. Is there a new platform now? Still the same ones. And you're like, I want to be an influencer. I want to make money doing fun things. Do whatever God put you to do and do it to your best. <coughs> Sorry, and that's meaningful. So as we get to the, the wrap-up part, Naomi, um, her mother-in-law, said, oh, before we go there. So she went home. She brought so much. Nipa, it's a couple days of food. And then Naomi said, I want to take care of you. I want you to have a future. So in verse, chapter 3, verse 2, she says, can I please have my water? Uh, it's somewhere there. She says, is Boaz our kinsman with, with whose maids you were? Behold, he winnows barley at the threshing floor at night. So this is the fun part, guys. Naomi is thinking, 
hey, Ruth, you're all alone. Someday I won't be here. Puede si Boaz. Sabi niya, right? So in verse 6, she went down to the threshing floor and did all her mother-in-law commanded her. So some people will say that she was doing sexual stuff, but the best commentaries say it wasn't. What did she do? In the middle of the night, um, he was startled. It says here, and behold, a woman was lying at his feet. So she was to go where he would go to rest, and she would wait at his feet and uncover his feet. And then he was startled because he woke up, and he said, who are you? And she answered, <coughs> I am Ruth, your maid. So spread your covering over your maid, for you are a close relative. What is she asking for? She's saying, will you marry me? She's proposing. That's how they propose. Well, in this situation, because she's saying, someone needs to take care of me. Will you be the one to take care of me? It's, it's actually kind of sweet. But I don't recommend, you know, ladies, you go find a guy, you sneak into his room at night, and you open his feet, and then you just sit there, and he wakes up, he goes, hey! And then you're like, you know. <laughs> Some of the singles here, we might be desperate enough to try that, but we'll learn. No shortcuts. What are the, what did, I hope you don't think I'm making fun of you. Singles, it's better to be single than to marry the wrong person. Trust me, okay? Because Jesus is more than enough forever. So please, <laughs> before you think. And in verse 10, look what Boaz said. It's so cute. He said, may you be blessed of the Lord, my daughter. You have shown your last kindness. What's the last kindness? When she asked him, will you marry me? To be better than the first, bucket, by not going after the young men. So I think Ruth was a kind of woman that was attractive and the young men would be interested in her. She, you know, and he says, you didn't go after the young men. What did she do? She went after Boaz. I don't know how old Boaz is, but uh, he sounds very condescending of himself. And he says, do not fear. I will do for you whatever you ask. For all my people in the city know that you are an excellent woman, a woman of excellence. So I'm going to take a pause here. This is the part where we talk about Boaz is going to be called to redeem uh, Ruth. And we'll see what God does. But I want you to hear a modern-day version of a family that went through difficulties and God redeemed them. I'd like to call up Ardi, Roberto, and Miriam Kimbao. Can you welcome them, please? Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story, those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. My name is Ardi Roberto. And my name is Miriam Kembao Roberto. And, and this, this is, is our story. story. I'll always remember that September day, 29 years ago, when God used Ting Ting, my ex-girlfriend, who later became my first wife, to bring me to a CCF Bible study in Repuoso, Makati. I was depressed and broke 
fresh from a failed business venture. But at the Bible study, God's word became alive and it answered all my life questions. And when the gospel was shared, I, at that time, a 29-year-old entrepreneur, writer, and playboy publisher wannabe, received Christ as my Lord and Savior. And that turned out to be Ting Ting's answered prayer. Ting Ting and I got married a year later, but after five years, she was diagnosed with life-threatening lupus and almost died in the hospital. Miraculously, though, God healed Ting Ting and she lived lupus-free for 10 years. Then, in 2012, the lupus came back with a vengeance, and after six months of intensive care, Ting Ting took her last breath as I held her in my arms. So I became a widower at the age of 47 with a five-year-old son named Josh. And every time I would grieve and eat tears for breakfast, God would comfort me saying, Anak, don't be sad. You'll love again. I'm going to give you one more great love. And truly, God's word is true. It says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. The Lord also used my son to encourage me. On my 48th birthday, after blowing the candles of my cake, Josh told me, Dad, I wish that God will give you a new wife so that I can have a new mom. And you know what? The God of the universe answered Joshua's prayer and matched us with... I was on top of the world after I came home from the Miss Universe pageant in 1999, winning the first runner-up title. Shows, endorsements, and awards followed, but in the middle of the limelight, I found myself still searching for meaning and happiness. I thought marriage and starting a family of my own will do that. So when my Italian boyfriend proposed, I said yes and left everything to be with my new husband in Hong Kong. One day, I found myself staring out at the edge of my hotel balcony in another country. My marriage with my Italian millionaire husband was on the rocks. That afternoon, a voice told me, jump and all the problems of the world will end. But then there was another voice, a much gentler one. In my heart, I knew it was the voice of the Spirit who said, if you kill yourself, that's not love. And love was what I was truly looking for. I stepped back and chose to live another day. However, after two and a half years of marriage, my husband asked for a divorce and eventually married a younger woman and had a child with her. What I thought was forever was now over. So I asked God to end my life. Back in Manila, anxiety, depression, and suicidal thoughts plagued me for a couple more years until I realized that the only way to go out was to go back to the God of my youth. That was Jesus. Outside of my religion class, I didn't really know him. So out of desperation, I prayed, Jesus, I want to know you more. As I opened my eyes, a friend sent me a chat on Facebook. Miriam, what are you doing on Monday? I said, why, what's up? I thought she was going to invite me to a party. <laughs> she said, wanna go to Bible study? It was an indeed an answered prayer for me. The D group leader shared with me his promise in Jeremiah 29, 11, which says, 
For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. I held on to God's promise of hope and surrendered my life to Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. He healed my heart and made me whole. He restored my relationship with my parents, opened new doors in my career, and gave my life a new direction. He has redeemed my life completely. Having been in out of several relationships, I decided to just focus in growing in my intimate relationship with Jesus and committed to be single and pure as I waited for God's chosen best for me. A pastor friend of mine, my co-host at the 700 Club Asia, encouraged me, focus on Jesus, do his work, and he will bring the man to you. As I grew spiritually and focused in my relationship with Christ and served the Lord, God brought me his best, my Boaz. Three weeks shy of my 38th birthday, I blew the candles of the surprise birthday cake a friend sent me and wished for a second chance in my love life. At that very moment, God surprised me even more with a whisper in my heart, and it was a name. The name was Artie. A month later, Artie reached out, and on our first date, he told me, I want to let you know that I like you. I want to get to know you because my intention is to marry you. Nine months later, Artie and I were married. Looking back in those times of grief, whenever God would comfort me and say that I would love again, I would ask him, Lord, why do I need to get married again? God's answer surprised me. Your remarriage is not just for your happiness. It goes beyond you. It is for generations. It is for my glory. And true enough, God has been showing us how this very unlikely love story, our marriage and our ministry together, is being used for His glory and for His purposes. It's been almost 10 years since we got married, but our love story of God's redemption and second chances continues to reach millions of people through television interviews, vlogs, and our books, all for God's glory. God has also blessed and redeemed our family life. Apart from Joshua, Artie's son with his first wife, God has also blessed us with not just one, but two miracle pregnancies. One when I was at the age of 43, and another at the age of 46. But wait, there's more. <laughs> In the midst of the pandemic, as I asked God about providing for a better environment for our family, God led us to move to Boracay. And although we planned it to be a one-year-long sabbatical, pahinga, God led Miriam and I instead to start our D-groups there, our soul sisters and soul brothers in Boracay. And later on, we planted a house church, a house fellowship, CCF Boracay, where we believe God is working to redeem the island for Christ. You know, truly, as Proverbs 19.21 says, many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's God's purpose that prevails. In another surprise... God moved so that I was elected as the Parent-Teacher Association President of Joshua School, and then the next day as the Chairperson of the Federated PTA of the entire Malay, overseeing 32 schools and over 13,000 students. 
And praise God because the Lord is using my position to launch the Elevate Hashtag Not Alone program. to reach over 13,000 members of the youth of Malay Aklan for Christ. Please pray for us as God continues to write our story of redemption and as we travel back and forth from Manila to Boracay. Praise God. Remember that whatever challenge or life situation you're going through, God will show up and redeem your life with hope, purpose, and joy. God, God loves, loves you. you. Thank, Thank you, you very much. <laughs> Let's pray for them. Thank you, Artie and Miriam. And, and um, you know, it was months ago when I was in Boracay because I have so many other problems I'm trying to fix that from three years ago. And I had to do a wedding. We shared the gospel. And then I was talking to them, and I knew I had to do the, the message on Ruth. And right there when I heard their story, I said, oh, you come share. So they flew in just for this mostly, and they have a few other things. And uh, they, they got to do it for our Saturday service. So we praise God, you know. So God planned them for you guys. So dear Lord, thank you so much for Artie and Miriam and for their life. And thank you for the redemption, Lord. Really, it's amazing that you are the carry of our life. And Lord, I pray that you would um, just bless them continually more and more uh, as they serve you. Uh, walk with them, Lord, and be with them and their entire family. Uh, there's a lot I know they, they also have going on and they have many prayer requests and challenges, but will you be with them? And thank you for their wonderful story that you have used. May you continue to use it and bless our Elevate ministry in Boracay. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. Who wants to be a missionary to Boracay? Yay! Okay, thank you. As I wrap up, I am, I'm running out of time, but don't worry, I will get there. So, it's nice, right, how God brings things together. Not, no one has a perfect life, but we have a perfect God, and that's what matters. So, if we just wrap up at the grace of Boaz, if you look at Ruth chapter 3, 6, yes. Boaz, can you imagine this girl who apparently young people would like, proposes <clears throat> if you're Boaz and he seems older, what would you say? Game, let's get married tomorrow. What did Boaz say? Now it is true, I am in line, but there is a relative closer than I. You know, this is the difference of Boaz and Naomi, right? I see Naomi, when she wanted to help her daughter, she said, Oh, okay, okay. oh it's Boaz now, you go Boaz now. Naomi didn't say, you know, there's actually someone else first. But Boaz says, hold on. He said, remain tomorrow. If he will redeem you, good. See Boaz's heart? If someone will take care of you better than me, good. But if he does not wish, then I will do it. So Boaz basically told the girl, you don't have to worry. Tomorrow, you will be taken care of. I will either get the other guy to do it because he's supposed to, or it will be me. So lie down until morning. So just relax, go to sleep, don't worry. Such a nice man. Leviticus 25, 25. This is the idea of a kinsman redeemer. Can we just show that verse? And I, I'm, I'm on my way out, guys. I'm wrapping up. They're all reminding me, zero minutes left, zero minutes left. But it's okay. Leviticus 25, 25. If a fellow countryman becomes so poor that he has to sell his property... 
His nearest kinsman is to come and buy back what his relative has sold. In the Bible time, God didn't want anyone to go hungry. So he said, someone must come and save the family line. That's a redeemer. So there's a relative supposed to do it. Boaz basically said, if the guy won't do it, I will do it. We go back. What did the mother say? In, in verse 16, she said, what happened? She's so excited. Oh, kumusta? Did, it, did he do anything? And then and, and Ruth said, told her everything. And she said, just wait and see. He will not rest until he has settled it. Can you imagine the kind of character Boaz has? His reputation. If he says something, he will do it. So in, in, in Ruth 4, uh, verse 5, and what happened here? Boaz asked the guy. I'm, I'm shortcutting for you guys. He went to the guy in the city gates. He said, will you redeem? And the guy's thinking business. The guy said, yes, I will. Boaz smart. Boaz said, when you buy the field to redeem it, you must also acquire Ruth. And he made it clear, the Moabitess. So he said, you must acquire the woman who is an outsider, the widow of the deceased, in order to raise up the name of the deceased in his inheritance. And what did the guy say? This is, you know, Boaz is just, I'm sure Boaz is all please say you won't, please say you won't. And then, verse 6, the relative said, I cannot. For I would jeopardize my inheritance. Be, redeem it yourself. You may have my right, for I cannot redeem it. You see how the, the God, you know, worked, right? So no shortcuts. And what did Boaz do? Boaz said to the elders and all the people, you are witnesses today that I have bought from the hand of Naomi all that belonged to Elimelech and all that belonged to Chilion and Malon. So he said, I've done it. They, they did something. They exchanged sandals. Um, and verse 10, I have acquired Ruth, the Moabitess, the widow of Malon, to be my wife. He said, why? I will raise up the name of the deceased on his inheritance, so the name of the deceased will not be cut off. And you are witnesses to this today. So Boaz redeemed. And if I just look at the summary of Boaz, uh, the next slide. Boaz was kind to his workers. Boaz followed and went beyond the Lord's instructions for the poor. Boaz showed what? Great compassion to Ruth, not expecting anything in return. He never expected she would want to marry him. Boaz redeemed the legacy of Elimelech at his own expense. So the other guy didn't want to do it because there's a cost. And Boaz said, I will do it. Boaz did not shortcut. He followed God's way. So as we conclude, last, not, not the last slide, but the summary, we saw Naomi's perseverance. Flawed, but you keep one step going one day at a time. And God uses that. But we see the sacrifice of Ruth to pursue the Lord above all else, to be that woman who will take care of her mother-in-law. And we saw how God used this man called Boaz to provide grace. And all of this is an example of selflessness. Here's the icing on the cake. The next verse. You know Boaz? Look at this. So Boaz took Ruth and he became his, she became his wife and what? He went into her and the Lord enabled her to conceive. She gave birth to a son. No, oh, that's the... Back then, you'd want a son. And this son, look what they said to Naomi in verse 14 and 15. 
They said, blessed is the Lord who did not leave you without a Redeemer. So who is the Redeemer behind all the Redeemers? The Lord. May His name become famous in Israel. May this Redeemer, this, this uh, Son, be a restorer of life and a sustainer of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you is better for you than seven sons. Better to you than seven sons. You know in the Bible time, seven is a perfect number. And sons are the, what everyone needs. But what did they say? Ruth is better than seven sons. That means Ruth is better than the best son. Do you see how her reputation, how God was glorified through her life? And look at, I want to show you something. Matthew chapter 1, verse 5 to 6. Salmon was the father of Boaz. Who was Boaz's mother? Rahab. Who's Rahab? Prostitute. So you know why Boaz was so kind? His mother was an outsider. See how God uses everything? Because Rahab was an outsider, Boaz grew up probably with a heart of kindness towards outsiders. And I'm sure his mom raised him well. Look, he loved the Lord. He was, he was so well-spoken. So can you see how a prostitute who becomes a child of God, because Rahab became with, with the people of Israel, right, who surrenders her life. Even if she's broken, look, she raised such a good son. So all of you who have problems in your lives, you feel like you've made a mistake, you know, like the testimony of Artie and Miriam. God uses everything. He turns broken things into beautiful things. And so they became the father of Obed by Ruth, Boaz and Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of David the king. And David was called a man after God's own heart. Can you see the, the legacy of a family of good people who were just selfless one person at a time? These are not like Moses and Noah and Gideon. These guys didn't conquer a nation. They're just simple people. You know, we talk about change makers and if you go to the next slide, sometimes we think of change makers. You know, I must do great big things. Do you know helping one life is a great big thing? Making a difference in one person. Being selfless to one person. So God used Naomi to bring Ruth to him. God used Ruth to provide and for Naomi and redeem her. God used Boaz to redeem Ruth, Naomi, and the line. God used Rahab to give birth to Boaz and raise him well. God used Boaz and Ruth to give birth to Obed, David. And then we know David down the line, what? Our Redeemer. So as we close, I, I have the last slide. Uh, Jesus, our Redeemer. And I wouldn't have done my job if I just stopped at Naomi, Ruth, and Boaz. Because who is the Redeemer behind all that happened here? This is God. And who is our Redeemer? It's Jesus Christ. We all want a Savior. We do. We all need one. We're all looking for something to help us. And sometimes we think it's our job. We think it's our money. We think it's to have children. We think it's family. But the Bible tells us who our real Redeemer is. It's Jesus Christ. And I'll, I, I, I said last slide. So now if I show you another slide, I'll be lying. But Lord, please forgive me. I'll show two more slides. Ephesians 1, 7, 8. In him we have redemption through what? His blood. 
the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace which He lavished on us. You know the story of Ruth? That's a great story because it has what? A happy ending. Do you guys like happy endings? Do you want your life to have a happy ending? Jesus is our happy ending, right? Jesus is our redeemer. And, and look at Galatians 3.13. Christ redeemed us from the curse. How? By becoming a curse for us. Well, unlike Boaz, right? Who It was at cost to him, but, but not this kind of cost. Jesus redeemed us by dying. So let us remember that you can have a life better than the life everyone had here in this story. But more than that, you can be a change maker by being selfless through our Redeemer, which is Jesus Christ. So be a change maker, be selfless, but be selfless because Jesus redeemed you. Let's bow our heads and pray. <clears throat> our Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you. We thank you for that uh, we could be here together today and hear about your redemption. Thank you for the wonderful story of Boaz, Naomi, Ruth, and uh, what, they, what they did year, however long ago. So Lord, I pray that we will experience um, this redemption in you. If there's anyone here who has not given their life to Jesus, who has not experienced redemption, I'm just going to share a short prayer. It's simply to say, Lord, will you be my redeemer? So Jesus, will you be my redeemer? Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. And because of you, I, I am set free from sin and I have eternal life. And now, Lord, I pray for everyone here that we will be um, selfless for you and through you so we can impact one life at a time. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. God bless everyone. Thanks for joining us. We'd love to stay connected with you, so make sure to subscribe to our podcast or connect with an Elevate group through our website. See you at our next podcast.